Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Down Ballot Podcast. The show's live on Twitch. Check out twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. We're live basically seven nights a week there. It's a lot of fun, and I hope you join the now space. Also join our Discord at discord.me slash echoplex. Enjoy the show. Police officers, they've gone insane. Just a bunch of 
Big Small Towns by Model Rocket Scientist, and you're checking out Down Ballot. This show's live every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here, twitch.tv slash Media. Uh, followed up immediately by Down Ballot, or by, <laughs> sorry, by Local Love at uh, 9 p.m. Pacific every Tuesday here on uh, Twitch. It looks like this week we do have some internet. We uh, weren't able to broadcast last week because we uh, had internet problems, but this week, now we don't have internet problems. What's going on, Councilman? Not a mucho, mucho. Dave, you got that fiber, that fiber yet? yet? Uh, I don't, but why is there two of you? There's two, 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 two audio audio ones? Ones? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, That's disturbing. disturbing. That Let is. Me Let me see. I thought I figured all this shit out. No, that's me. Now there's one of you. Okay, beautiful. There's a well, system anyway. in here that's not Jack. It's called Pulse Audio, and if there's ever anything wrong, it's probably Pulse Audio. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice. All right. Oh, wow. Uh, look, at I'm, I'm sorry. I'm following all these amazing chats already. Anyway, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, this is Down Ballot. We do this every Tuesday night, 7.30 live, and then, of course, the podcast version, which we definitely encourage you to download and share with your friends. You can find out more about uh, all the wonderful uh, streams and shows that we have on echoplexmedia.com. You'll find links to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv backslash echoplexmedia, where you can subscribe and uh, you know join us, obviously. And please stick around afterwards uh, for local love tonight. Uh, it's a great opportunity to learn more about the local music scene, to hear some local tunes. If you are a local musician and you have some music you would like to submit, it's very, very easy. There's even instructions on the website. That website, again, is echoplexmedia.com. Um, and you can learn how to submit your music and uh, get it in the rotation. We also have Echoplex Media Radio happening all the time when we're not streaming a show. So your tune will probably pop up and you'll get it, even get a notification on Twitter that it did. So uh, please submit your music and tune in for Local Love to hear more about what's going on in local music. It's it's rough out there for, for a band, but, uh, but we're getting after it still here locally. <clears throat> The other great thing about Echoplex Radio, you can find it on uh, TuneIn by just searching Echoplex Radio. But more importantly, if you go to echoplexmedia.com slash radio or just eplex.xyz, if your tune is in our uh, library, you can force it to play our tune by pressing that request button and it'll pop your tune up into, uh, into rotation. I was listening to some music the other day while I was working on some stuff and I'm like, I need to hear some Periscope. And so I requested <laughs> Boomers because, you know, we never play that fucking song. So <laughs> Nice. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to a, a great docket tonight. Uh, there's definitely been some uh, some happenings out there. There's a lot of COVID, obviously. Um, so we're going to get right right to it, if that's okay with you. Always okay with me. What do we have for leading off here? Oh, it uh, looks like there was a super spreader event here in the in San Jose on New Year's, wouldn't you know? Uh, so we're going to learn more about what happened, and uh, they're going to have some explaining to do. What started as a fun New Year's Eve party has turned into a nightmare for more than a dozen people in the South Bay. The party was put on by Moose Lodge 401 in San Jose. They had food there. They had a live band. It was a great time. But now many are worried that gathering has become a super spreader event. And some attendees say nobody's tracking it. Damien Trujillo joins us live from San Jose with a story you'll only see on NBC Bay Area. Damien. Well, Terry, the social quarters here at the Moose Lodge opens at 3 o'clock on weekdays, but it is closed for the foreseeable future. Tonight, the executive board is meeting in emergency session to find out what exactly happened here on New Year's Eve. What is it, the Flintstones? What do you mean, Moose Lodge? It's the Moose Lodge, man. It's like the, you know, the Elks or the Rotarians or the Kiwanis, you know. It's the Moose Lodge. 
The pictures show a lot of smiling faces at the Moose Lodge's New Year's Eve dinner dance. But today, there are no smiles on the face of Martha Jimenez. Still sick. <laughs> Not feeling too good still. Jimenez huh. says she contracted COVID for the second time and believes it happened at the New Year's Eve party. She named 15 other people who she says also tested positive after attending the party. NBC Bay Area has confirmed two band members also tested positive. Oh, no. Jimenez says she knows she's partly to blame for her infection by choosing not to wear a mask, even though there were signs at the entrance. You <laughs> I sure do. I sure do. And I'm sorry to all my family that always tell me to stay away, stay home. What also bothers Jimenez is that those who got infected are doing their own contact tracing. She says no one has heard a word from the lodge. To this day, they have still sent no notices to us. The Moose Lodge administrator told me by phone that people were told ahead of time to wear masks that night. He said for now the lodge will be closed until the executive board discussed the matter tonight. But the administrator also told us the lodge hosted a 49ers watch party yesterday, but says it involved a limited number of members who were required to wear masks and show their vax cards. I'm not going to wear a mask dancing. Uh, that's just me. So you decided not to go? I decided not to go. Today we told Chris Martinez about the outbreak. He kept Wait, but who the fuck is Chris Martinez then? Like, what, he's just guy he's walking obviously with... a, He's a member of the Loyal Order of the Moose, obviously. Oh, okay. I thought it was just some guy with a 7-Eleven <laughs> bag walking down the street. I, oh, no, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the Chiron yet, so maybe he's, he's just some random dude from 7-Eleven. <laughs> uh, but he was smart. He's like, I don't really... I, this is a dance party. I don't want to dance with a mask on, so I'm going to stay home. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the most reasonable response. Like, if you're not comfortable, or if you think it's, or, or if you think that the, you know, whatever mandates or the restrictions are too much, right? Just okay, fine, don't participate. Cancelled his plan to attend the New Year's Eve event. Yeah, that's too bad. I really feel bad for him, you know, because uh, that's why I didn't go. I didn't know what the circumstances were. You have to wear a mask. You don't have to wear it, and then you're contaminated. I know they serve food. And you're going to eat the food. I don't know if they were in gloves cooking their food. Members like Jimenez says they now want the lodge to do a professional disinfecting of the venue before reopening their doors. I'm scared for many other people to get infected. At Moose Lodge 401 has a great history of community service. I reported on it uh, in the past. Tonight, the public health department tells me they will call the Moose Lodge to find out what exactly happened here on New Year's Eve and to explain the guidelines to them. We're live in San Jose, I'm Damian Trujillo, NBC Bay Area News. It's, it's, <clears throat> you like, like when you go out, like I played an event on Saturday and I knew that like I was taking some amount of risk. Um, and I think that the people who went to that event knew that they were taking some amount of risk. I was surprised at DNA Lounge. Everyone was wearing a mask. And she said that that lady said that at uh, this moose lounge, this moose lodge event, not everyone was wearing a mask, including her. Right? She she was like, "Do you?" And he, that was the first question. Do you regret not wearing a mask? Well, yeah, obviously. Um, so every hundred percent at DNA Lounge, everyone. I mean, except up. for like some of the DJs didn't wear a mask during their set. I took mine off halfway through, but sure. But as far as like the crowd and everyone else, I mean, unless they were like currently drinking a fucking drink, yeah, right, right. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, I'm going to another potential super spreader event on Sunday night, so we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, the, the, 
I don't think the Moose Lodge needs to professionally disinfect their facility, although that might make it sound great to their members and to the, the public, but it hasn't really been proven that COVID or these kind of things spread anyway on surfaces after a few hours. So at this point, you know, unless it's in the, unless there's someone there, you know, spreading it into the air again, aerosol, aer, aerosolizing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, there's no real danger as far as I know, but they probably will have to do something just to appease people's concerns and irrational fears. Yeah. I'm, I'm fairly confident that the, the disinfection would be like window dressing. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I like understand kind of like on new year's Eve, people just wanted to dance and let loose a little bit, but you know, this is what happens when there's a fucking disease going around. Like, you know, not everybody's going to be perfect anyway. And it seems like the people at this event didn't even try to like, like do some kind of half measure or anything like that. Like every photo, well, a lot of people were blurred out, but we didn't see nobody in any of those photos that appeared to be wearing a mask. The blur was all fucking, the blur was all like flesh tone, you know? Yeah. It was for, for privacy purposes, but, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious about the 49er watch party with a limited number of members who are all required to be vaccinated and show proof and all that. So you didn't have that same requirement for this party, um, this New Year's party, when there's even more people in close proximity. And do you really want the bad press, like if even one person, let alone 15 people getting COVID at your party? <laughs> that's uh, not, something, not something I do marketing for a living, and that's not something any of my clients would want on their on their business. Well, not only do you like, it's bad enough that like 15 or more people there got it, but now it's on the news. Mm. Yeah, that's that exactly. This is bad. This is not going to help the Moose Lodge raising money for their next project. You know what I bet though? I bet that there's some house party up in the Los Gatos Hills where way more people contracted Omicron than the news ain't going to report on that shit. That's true. Especially if there were some high school football players involved. (laughs) Man, that story arcs over, I think. Absolutely. Um, well, that's leading off. Uh, so obviously COVID is front of uh, folks' minds these days. Um, and building off of that, um, uh, local schools, as you might imagine, schools everywhere, really, as you're hearing about in the news, are struggling with what to do in the face of the Omicron surge. Um, they Obviously, no one wants to shut down schools again for in-person learning, but there's a lot of parents and kids out there that are uh, justifiably you know, concerned and just want to, you know, uh, want to avoid the risk. So, uh, local school districts are having to figure this out and what they're going to do. And unfortunately, there's they're running into conflict with, um, you know, safety and and security concerns from their employees, their teachers, especially, um, who are really the frontline staff um, out there in education. So, we're going to learn about what some Oakland teachers are doing in response to their district's policies. And the city of Oakland wasn't the only city. Dozens of other schools around the Bay Area were closed today because of the current COVID surge. Almost two years now into the pandemic and another disruption in education, putting stress on students, parents and teachers. Welcome everyone to The Four this afternoon. I'm Heather Holmes. And I'm Alex Savage. Hundreds of Oakland educators staged a protest. Instead of going to work today, they're calling for better COVID safety measures to be put in place by the district. KTV's Rob Roth has more now on their demands and the district's response. Rob? Alex, the sick out meant more than 8,000 Oakland students from a dozen schools were asked to stay home today while teachers were protesting that the school district is not doing enough to keep them and their students safe from COVID. A noisy scene in front of school district headquarters on Broadway in downtown Oakland Friday. 
Dozens of teachers held a car caravan protest as part of a sick out that included more than 500 educators. That's twice the number of teacher absences as previous days. They say they don't feel safe in school because of COVID. With principals out, case managers out, teachers out, it creates an unsafe situation at our schools to have that little supervision um, at a time that's this serious and dire. This is something that uh, was unapproved. Um, uh, it was um, unauthorized and it is technically illegal. It's not supposed to happen. The SIGOUT forced the district to close 12 schools for instruction. Strikes are when convenient for management. Yes, uh, we get to determine, the district gets to determine when it's convenient for you guys to strike for your rights and safety. He used the word illegal. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was pretty extreme. Like, I would say, one might say this seems to violate the contract that we have with the, with the teachers. I would, one would use, I would probably use less inflammatory language to describe something like this. It, uh, it may or may not be defined in their contract. I mean, I think that would be, um, that would be the question in terms of, is it illegal or not? Um, I don't know that it is. It really does. It really is going to be determined by their own contract with the district, but, um, you know, unions are, are, permitted to take actions like this and do often, you know, often, uh, even when they're on contract, um, it happens a lot more when they're outside of a contract. Um, but this is an extraordinary circumstance. And, um, if they have legitimate concerns, then I think it's, I think they're within their rights as long as the membership approved it. So I don't know what, uh, spokesperson, spokes black dude is talking about. Um, but he's, he's, he, I don't know that he would say that if it wasn't something he was ready to back up. So maybe they know something I don't. Including nine high schools, parents of younger children had to stay home or find daycare. Among the school cancellations was Oakland Tech, although students said a handful of classmates were inside along with a few teachers. It's been kind of weird. Uh, there's no one in the halls at all and all the doors are locked and dark and it's really quiet. One Oakland Tech parent said she supported the decision to close. If they're going to have a sick out, I think it's better to basically just close the school rather than have a lot of kids show up and be in an auditorium, especially during Omicron. The teachers are demanding the district give out KN95 masks to students and staff, more sick leave and remote learning. The district says it is not considering distance learning, but it is in the process of giving out the mask and is granting more sick days to teachers and staff. It feels like a wildfire and we're trying to get out ahead of it and we need to be able to communicate. And we're on the front lines. We're with students every day, seeing what's happening, seeing the actual mask situation, seeing the spread in our community. As of now, there's no indication this sick out will last beyond Friday, so it should be school as usual on Monday. Alex? And Rob, just to clarify, there, there are no plans at all <laughs> happening within the district to shift over to remote learning at any point? No, there are no plans to do that. They think the best uh, way for education is to keep the schools open, and they're committed to that. That's what they say. Okay. Rob Roth, live in the newsroom. Rob, thank you. Well, there you go. Uh, I didn't really hear any evidence as to why it's illegal still, but regardless. Um, this also happened in San Francisco, by the way. I didn't feel the need to put two stories about the same kind of thing on the docket, but this also happened across the bay. Um, so this in uh, in Chicago as well, I believe teachers um, staged a pretty massive sick out. So uh, <clears throat> I mean, 
they were allowed to individually as a teacher, you're in, within the contract, you're allowed to call in sick. Right. Um, so it, it's just a question of <laughs> how they want to view an organized action such as that. Um, especially if these teachers obviously were not sick. I also don't know if it was like a teacher's union action. I'm confused. They didn't give a lot of like the teachers could have just done this without, oh, I believe like, it was, I'm sorry. Yeah, I believe it was a union action, but yeah. Uh, you had mentioned the Chicago's teachers union. That union does not fuck around. <laughs> no, definitely not. And that's a whole separate scenario where the city actually runs the, the schools as well as the city. So the, the mayor is uh, the ultimate you know, authority when it comes to the schools even as well, which has its own problems. You know, um, I just don't know what the fuck we're supposed to do at this point. Like this, this particular virus seems to be less deadly, but we saw numbers last week when we did our makeup show that showed like 10% of people who got it, or according to the numbers we were able to, you know, the people were able to gather 10% of the people who tested positive somewhere all went to the hospital. And yep. so it's like, you know, what the fuck do we do? Do we just start? I say we just start building hospitals. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Like, what a it might, it might be a freaking good idea. I mean, this is something that, you know, came up that that's something that was, has been raised for years, frankly. And we've had to go through, like we passed a bond measure to God, 14 years ago here in Santa Clara County. Uh, you're familiar with Valley medical center, right? On Bascom and Moore park all that work that's been done over there in the past and new buildings in the past few years were all part of a bond that we passed, you know, 14 years ago. <laughs> um, so we're way behind in terms of getting, getting ready for this kind of thing. We're also way behind. Um, speaking of, you know, who this affects the most, our senior population, our aging population, we have a huge, you know, boomer generation now, uh, that's, that's coming online on Medicare, like people like my mom. Right. Um, and we have, we're going to have a huge need for place to places to treat them and, and care for them uh, and serve them in their, their elder years. And we just don't have the capacity right now. So we're in, we're in really bad shape. And if all of them started getting the COVID, you know, they're not going to have much luck, uh, I imagine with it. So, um, yeah, we're, we're in a really bad space. Well, and what, I mean, we're in Santa Clara County too. Like we're in a better space than a lot of people. That hospital 100%. is like world fucking class. Oh, it is. Yeah. And we're also 80, 83%, you know, vaccinated, um, as a County. So, so we're like in a better place than a lot of people are, but there's, there's other places where it's, you know, I think the, I think like if things go the way that, uh, the first wave kind of went, it's going to be another case again, where people who are in maybe not necessarily rural areas, but like less dense, smaller cities where they don't have this massive capacity. That's where we're going to see a lot of problems with uh, capacity and, you know, people, some, some, you know, you, maybe you live in a rural area and then the, the next town over is, or the next County over is where the hospital is. Well, now you're not a resident of that County, but you're there at the hospital. And so like yeah. you're, you weren't factored into the capacity of the hospital in the first place, but what County you live in, maybe there isn't, you know, an appropriate place for you to go. And so it's going to, it's, it's a big mess. And I mean, I was kind of kidding, but like, why don't we just build a bunch of hospitals right now? No, I, I think it's not a bad idea. In fact, you know, even in our own County, uh, VMC is the only level between like Gilroy, right? It's the Southern part of our County mm-hmm. and Palo Alto where Stanford medical hospital is right in the Northern part of the County, extreme Northern part. There is only one trauma center, level one trauma center. And that's at VMC. Um, so even folks from Gilroy, you know, they're having to come up, uh, 
up here to to get their care if they're in really bad shape. So um, it's vital that we get more more healthcare online in general. Um, the good news is, I mean, I suppose if uh, there is a proposal in the legislature right now for healthcare for all, like a single payer system for California, a Medicare system for everyone. Um, if that were to happen and we were all enrolled in this plan, there would be a lot more revenue there um, to create more access, right? And more hospitals and build more hospitals. Whereas you've got a for-profit system right now, we're all paying into in terms of health insurance and medical, and they don't necessarily feel the need to build new hospitals, right? They like, they they like their profits. Whereas if we had a government run system, it would almost be obligated to be revenue neutral. So you'd, they would have to reinvest the money. Um, so I think you'd see a lot more healthcare options if we had more universal healthcare insurance. Yeah, Gavin had brought up Gavin had brought up the that he would like to see um, universal healthcare here in the state of California, and I think uh, yeah, I think the state being an economic powerhouse, we fucking make the fucking rich people pay for it because they'll get it too. They'll be fine. And the other thing is, like a lot of these people we call rich people, they're worth you know ten, twelve, fifteen million dollars. They run a medium sized business. Taking that fucking healthcare off of their hands is one of their responsibilities. They don't understand what a deliverance that would be for their. Yep like soul crushing corporate entity <laughs> anyone who's done who's run a small business though or a non-profit even would know you know um even nonprofits have to pay their staff and give them benefits um they, they know how much of a pain in the ass it is like you have to hire and pay you know additional contractors accountants right and lawyers to figure all this shit out every year for you just to do the basics of payroll so yeah anything you can do to save them time and money would is going to benefit our economy frankly too so Hooray for that. So uh, it's actually a local assembly member, Ash Kalra, remember the name, uh, who is uh, who has been sponsoring that bill for Medicare for all the past two years. So we'll see if it if it goes places this year. Sounds like Gavin is interested. So that's a good sign. So we'll see what oh, happens. It'll, it'll get killed, but it'll get killed the first time. It could or, or it could come you know, in pieces, right? Like it, you, we take a step two steps forward here, one step backward there, you know, and then eventually it's, it's there. We do have universal access to, for children, for healthcare in California. Uh, that's, that's statewide now, um, started in Santa Clara County or at least one of the first counties to do it. So all children in California are eligible for, for healthcare, subsidized healthcare. So we got our next story in winners and losers. The Oakland unified school district is uh, saying that it's the supply chain and that uh, students, that there's supply chain issues and that students demands are being met. Yeah, they're, it looks like the OS, <laughs> Oakland Unified is pissing off both their teachers and their students. So oh, great. this is the latter. This is the story about the latter and what's going on students there. Students in Oakland are protesting how the district is handling COVID. More than 300 students signed a petition threatening to walk out if more preventative measures are not added. The students are That's illegal. the district to provide KN95 <laughs> masks for... That actually is student, illegal. Twice weekly COVID tests for everyone on campus and more covered outdoor spaces for students to eat in the event of bad weather. Students gave the district a deadline of January 17th to meet their demands. School district responded saying, quote, we are already meeting or are in the process of meeting most of the demands noted in this petition, and we will continue to work towards fulfilling the rest in the upcoming weeks. District said supply chain issues have slowed the delivery of masks and the materials needed to create those outdoor spaces the students are demanding. Oakland's public schools are expected to have class as usual tomorrow that comes after 500 teachers joined in a sick out last week. 
protesting yeah. what they say are dangerous conditions as Omicron surges. Twelve schools were closed because of the staffing shortage. 8,000 students impacted. District says it expects teachers to be back on the job tomorrow as talks continue about safety concerns like better masks and more testing. So there you go. They are looks like they're helping or meeting the students' demands. That's good to see. Hopefully they can meet the teachers' demands and everyone can be happy again. Or at least really scared of getting COVID. Yeah, I I guess I just don't like I just don't know how much stuff they're reasonably gonna be able to do. Like a lot some of these people are teenagers that don't give a fuck because you're invincible when you're fucking sixteen. Some of these are younger kids. Like there's and then there's the whole there's the whole like like special needs a students thing where like the the people who do that that work already do really difficult work and now they like oh it's just all bad i don't know what mm. the answer is mm. turn the schools into hospitals until this is over <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> genius uh no but hey why not i i don't think anyone has the answers anymore um and i don't think you can fault anyone for what the they think is best at this point because i don't i you know i i do know that getting vaccinated and wearing a mask and taking precautions, washing your hands, sanitizing, things like that, taking personal responsibility. Um, I think that is very important and it can absolutely help stop the spread. Um, but I have, you know, I, I don't know that anyone has the definitive answer on anything else other than that. So um, do, if we can do those basic things, I leave it up to anyone to figure out what they want to do in terms of school. Um, I used to say that, you know, parents would, parents get a little, Nancy, when there's a fire nearby and there's smoke in the air, right? Uh, wildfires nearby, and there's they get antsy when one kid gets um, norovirus, which is the the vomiting and and, and di diarrhea, or even just lice, or lice, right? Um, and those cause you know a lot of concern. Um, but a lot of the times, as they said, the safest place for kids a lot of the time is in the classroom, frankly, um, because they take so many precautions. Um, they might have better ventilation in the classroom than they're ever going to have at home. They might have better access to clean, safe food than they might have at home, right? Who knows what the situation is? So um, uh, at least there's that. Um, and as long as we can figure out a way to protect our teachers and our frontline staff, you know, I should be able to work out doing the school thing. We're still doing the school thing in San Jose Unified, right near the good wife and I. We're, it's still just business as usual, it looks like. So we shall see. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know this. We will. This is, uh, you know, San Jose is a different city than Oakland. So this is also true. This is also true. Um, so m moving on, trying to get away a little bit from, well, not entirely from from COVID. This is COVID adjacent. Um, lately, uh, San Jose has had a, a policy in the city of shutting down some uh business streets, um, especially with a lot of restaurants in the area to offer more outdoor seating and allow people to, you know, circulate and, and pedestrians to come through and, and, and share commerce more during, uh, the COVID. Um, unfortunately there's been a weird confluence of timing in that the, these policies were sort of set to expire on some streets, right? Right around the time now we're having a surge and it would be great to have more spaces outdoors. So there's a little bit of put, um, back and forth in the community about that, and we're going to learn more about it here. 
Barrels being moved mark the end of the good ship El Dorado 55. For 55 South Bar and Lounge in downtown San Jose. The Wait, they're fucking, they're, they're, what, they're, what, they're like, here, let's put cars back on Post Street? Nobody drove down Post Street. What are they doing? <laughs> yes, um, you're right. We'll learn more. Let, let's 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 let it play for a second, and we'll learn more about what's going on. Fifty foot long. They shut this fucking thing down almost every weekend, anyway. Twenty foot expansion during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Twenty twenty was a shipwreck of a year. So I was joking around with my partners. I thought it was really appropriate if we could get the street shut down that we would literally build a shipwreck in the street. Oh, I know him. He's cool. Setup to serve patrons safely outdoors. But Eric Nielsen with Fifty Five South says crews spent much of the day Monday taking down the ship. By Tuesday, a nearly empty street soon to be cleared for the return of car traffic. Councilman Raul Perales says the city didn't have buy-in from all business owners on the block to keep it closed. We did not want to do something that was going to continue to hinder business, especially as we're emerging uh, out of the pandemic and and hoping to get back to some sense of, of normalcy. For Froilin Rodriguez, owner of Dream Jewelers, the pandemic has been a nightmare. Because of this street closer, you know, I had a lot of customers calling us saying uh, we can't go because the street is closed. We don't know where to park. Since 1996, he's depended on both foot and car traffic here along Post Street. Still, some patrons and business owners say because of where we are in this pandemic, timing is making this decision tough. Some of the businesses, you know, have good reasons for wanting cars back, and I definitely want to respect that. But, you know, with Omicron surging, you know, it's really a big punch for the bars and the restaurants on this street. We're told there's hope for the potential of a hybrid street closure in the future. For now, it's about keeping small businesses afloat. So if we're decent neighbors, the only thing we can do is try to be equitable, try to make sure that, that they survive, right? Right, you know, rising tide raises all boats, so hopefully we're one of those boats. In downtown San Jose, I'm Amanda Del Castillo, ABC7 News. Yeah, just another great example of city bureaucracy getting in the way of a good time <laughs> dude um so people in okay first of all uh, post street is like where the little tiny miniature gay district is in downtown san jose it kind of starts at the corner there is this great place called 55 south uh, one of my favorite spots to drink the fucking street is not a street it's an alley it's like a gentrified alley there's like yeah. a like a taqueria a chinese food place a couple gay bars and like cream ice cream. A, and like the exit to a parking garage on the other side the the jeweler if his customers were like i don't know how to go buy a ring from you because the street <laughs> the, the like fucking 800 foot street that you're on is closed down then those people probably wouldn't have found your jewelry shop anyway this is yeah. absolutely not a place that people just like oh i'll take the shortcut i'll go down post no that's a shortcut to nowhere no i i 100% agree. Uh, and full disclosure, by the way, that uh, my boss appeared in that in that segment, but I won't tell you who my boss is. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I completely agree. It, it's it's an absolutely logical place to if you're going to talk about shutting down any street, right? San Pedro Street right now is is closed to car traffic. Um, now, granted, almost every establishment on that strip is a restaurant or a bar. So there is some new nuance to it, but you're absolutely right. Producer Dave, like if, if you're going to tell me as a jeweler or a dry cleaner, I think those are the two main businesses that are, uh, the concerns arose from, um, and they can't figure out how to walk the half a block from what you could, you know, decent parking you could probably provide as part of closing down the street, right? Like here's some priority parking for your customers, right? So they don't have to walk too far to get their dry cleaning or to buy your jewelry. Um, you know, I, I think they're, they can work out a solution. I think they will, frankly, work out some sort of resolution to this anyway, because I think it, it just makes sense. 
at the end of the day. Um, and as much as sometimes city bureaucracy gets in the way, the people there tend to want to do the right thing. I think they just err on the side of not wanting to piss anybody off, and that just never works. So uh, well, you got to cr crack some eggs. The done pissed me off, and it was funny when I read that. I was like, I was like, well, I know they didn't close down Post Street. Yeah, no, or no, no they didn't like take it down. <laughs> nope, that's the one. Fucking, yeah. I'm telling you, the most likely street in the downtown area to be closed off for any reason is Post. Sometimes people hanging out outside of the fucking bars close the street down without them really closing the street down, and no yeah. one notices. <laughs> yeah, there's there. I mean, there's already talk about some sort of hybrid model where it's closed on the weekends. You know, Friday, Friday afternoon until Monday morning, right? Which you know, I, I think even if you even on a trial basis, it would show that it would it's beneficial, and hopefully, then they would just just shut down the street entirely. So we'll see. There's a lot of competing interests, obviously, and I, I can't imagine that someone's not going to find a solution because they don't want to have this all plastered all over the news when there's more important things to to battle, right? Um, so we, we shall see. But yeah, very, very disappointing that, and this was coming down the pipe, the business, you know, 55 and the businesses knew that it was coming. Um, so it wasn't a surprise. It's just the timing sucks and it's unfortunate. And uh, 55 South is like the people that run it, like work the bar. They're, they're like really nice people. Yeah, no, they're, and they're a quality business and they're really, yeah. they're actually really good neighbors. And they've, um, they've actually, from what I understand, just from my, you know, knowing what's going on, a little bit behind the scenes they have been very you know responsive and and, and um open to to dialogue with other businesses and with the city about what, what can be done to to figure it out but they want to you know they want to follow the rules for now and and then uh just figure out some some uh reasonable solution i'm just and telling we'll you that is the we'll best follow. first the best first date spot in downtown san jose is 55 south it's no I, I will not argue with you there at all i've had many a mule there and they're all they were all delicious maybe an old-fashioned or two they make, this right, pink, well, they make this pink drink that has a little bit of champagne in it, and I hate champagne, mm. and this pink drink they make is so good. What else? What makes it pink? I fucking, like, raspberries and lemonade that they make, like, fresh, you know, they muddle up sugar, raspberries, and lemon, mm. and then they pour it over, they pour it over a fucking, they put ice in it and shake it up with some vodka and pour it in your drink, and they take a little lemon rind and fucking, like, balance it on the edge of your cocktail glass. It's fabulous. Pinky's up. sexy. Pinky's up. All right. All right, I'm going to have to check that out. All right, well, um, we shall see. We will definitely follow that. As with all down ballot stories, we're always looking for the follow-up, so we'll see what happens with Post. And if you're downtown San Jose, you can obviously stroll or drive by, apparently, now. Um, and no, stop at, stop at 55 South and buy a couple drinks. And just You'll so everyone's aware, the, apparently the the boat, the the, the good ship... 55 it actually took a lot of damage according to eric the owner from during the the recent uh storms anyway so they were going to have to rebuild it anyway because it was apparently a mess that's great so, that their ship got damaged in a storm that's pretty funny in the hilarious yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, they could have used a ship all right uh well as we always like to wrap up winners and losers we got to ask someone to get their shit together um i guess we could ask oakland unified but um since we already beat on them enough uh, let's let's talk about a neighborhood in San Jose where there's like tiles falling off of the buildings. Good evening. I'm Alan Martin. And I'm Elizabeth Cook. New at six, a dangerous situation in one San Jose neighborhood. Tiles used on million dollar homes have been falling <laughs> to the ground. So far, luckily, no one's been hurt, but it's causing damage. Million dollar homes have been. 
I'm Elizabeth Cook. New at six, a dangerous situation in one San Jose neighborhood. Tiles used on million dollar homes have been falling to the ground. So far, luckily, no one's been hurt, but it's causing damage luckily. and some concern. KPI X5's Ramirez reports this isn't the first time this has happened. Well, heavy tiles falling off the sides of homes has been an ongoing safety issue for neighbors up here on Communications Hill, as we first reported back in 2018. After a lot of work, it looked like the problem had been solved, but then tiles started falling once again. Maintenance crews are once again working to test and secure the tiles on the sides of these homes after several pieces broke loose and fell to the ground during recent rainy weather. The tiles are so heavy that it could definitely kill somebody. The homeowner did not want to be identified, but he shared this photo showing how a falling tile sliced through a copper water pipe on the back of his house, causing a leak. Damn. At least three homes in the neighborhood have had similar problems with falling or loose tiles causing a hazard. We should not be having this particular kind of situation ever in our neighborhood. But it has happened before. Shortly after these million-dollar homes were built in late 2017, the ceramic tiles used for decorative siding began falling off. KB Home, which built the neighborhood, hired contractors to tear down and reinstall the tiles on about 70 homes. Here's what one neighbor said then. You know, people are not happy. KB Home said... <laughs> KB Home is committed to the safety and satisfaction of our customers, and we appreciate their patience as we take the appropriate steps to repair the small number of homes that have been affected. The neighbor with the falling tiles says patching up the damage is just part of the solution. The tiles are really heavy, uh, and this needs to be really checked. In San Jose, Len Ramirez, KPIX5. So, yeah, buy, buy a multi-million dollar home, but watch out for falling tiles. Because they wanted to fucking, it was like, it was uh, somebody decided they were going to use a uh, ceramic ones. Not like nobody was like, are these heavy? Are these the, the, the same people build that, that built the millennium tower? Possibly. Uh, KB homes is a rep. Uh, I don't want to say reputable, but they've got a local reputation uh, as a builder. Um, and they worked on quite a few of those uh, developments up on communication. So this is like carpet housing for the rich and famous. I like to call it. It's it's sort of just a it's planned community. It's it's a plan entirely planned community. This is that uh, plateau in the center of basically South Central San Jose. You see it if you roll down the 87 freeway. Um, communication cell because it has the communications tower on it. It's got, always had a lot of uh, radar and other things on top of it because it's a high point in the valley. But now they're developing the city is uh, allowing for development up there and housing and, and it's come in stages and some of these stages have involved these like sort of carpet homes um and yeah when everything's get you know put up and thrown up really quickly like that there's going to be some uh some corners cut more than likely as with millennium tower uh so we're seeing that here so watch out for falling tiles since there's all those communications towers up there do you think the 5g is actually knocking the tiles off trying to kill the homeowners it might be. I'll bet you the homeowners are going to complain about it sooner or later. Almost guaranteed. Uh, you know, you told me you gave you gave me cancer. I moved into this into this neighborhood thinking it would be free of all those cell phone towers, but you didn't tell me about the five G. Uh, anyway, so get your shit together, KB Homes, and you know, build some homes that like don't fall apart and maim people. <laughs> Maybe put the heavy. Maybe, put, maybe make sure the heaviest part of the house isn't the shell, <laughs> right? Before somebody gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, man. And if you're walking, I know a lot of people do jog up there, too, by the way. They do take the steps up there and do their workouts and exercising up there. So be careful. Watch out for falling tiles. Very dangerous. Very dangerous place. Communication cell. I mean, this is a place where there's earthquakes. What the fuck are the tiles falling off the buildings for just during some wind? I don't understand. (laughs) And what happens during the earthquakes, too, right? Right. That's what I'm Um, wondering. Like, what the fuck's going to happen if there's like a sizable earthquake? Are there houses, there's tile everywhere? Now that I'm remembering this, I think I took a junket there when I was on a, com- a city commission and we took a little uh, sojourn to Communications Hill to to look at this development, maybe around the time that this first uh, tile falling incident happened. So now I feel lucky that I escaped with my life. <laughs> you had no idea you were risking your life that day. Oh, no. And I was thinking about buying in there, too, you know, with uh, you know my, my big paycheck, just dropping a couple couple mil on a brand new you know three-story carpet house. Right. You, I mean, you were getting like two to three million per easement so oh for show yeah under the table man anytime anytime i'll I'll approve anyone's development for a fee okay that's not true that's called sarcasm for anyone who's uh, observing this in at the city or in law enforcement you know me too you if you know me you know that's sarcasm i would never take a bribe except i don't know maybe like some in and out or some some humphrey slocum ice cream all right, well, uh, shall we move along to, to the down ballot watch? We shall. I like that they're having like a lemonade in, the, in this, yeah, this right, thing here. Right. So this is a little bit of recall watch. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely loving the visuals in this in this video. So this is from um, I think SF Standard posted this. Uh, this is uh, your this is your um, uh, tenderloin supervisor producer Dave Matt Haney with the lemonade right there. Um, he's running for state assembly. Um, so as such, uh, he's being asked, and he's also a former school board member in San Francisco. So he's being asked, uh, what his thoughts are on the recall. I know he's at least in favor of one of the three trustees getting recalled. I don't believe he's in favor of all of them, but, uh, we're going to hear his take while they munch on, uh, I don't know what this is, chiliakis and, and lemonade. Yeah. And nachos. Your big pitch is I can get results. Um, and so let's go back to, you know, some, some of the work that you've done to date. Um, so you were on the Board of Education yeah. uh, a few years ago. Obviously, uh, uh, quite a bit has gone yeah. down with that board since then. Um, but, you know, you, here's just one example. Um, you were one of the co-authors of a resolution to rename schools um, that really became a flashpoint last year with a lot of families saying, hey, this is an example of a misplaced priority that we re- really don't need to be doing. I hope this guy just says, do you know how long it took us to vote on changing the name of the school? It took us 15 minutes. Right. Um, you know, knowing what we know today, would you still make such a resolution? The two schools that were renamed when I was there was a school after Ed Lee, uh, which was important, renaming the, the Chinese Immersion School, and renaming Fairmont uh, to Dolores Huerta. Those were the sort of uh, approaches that we took when we were there. The resolution approaches. that was passed when I was things on you the did. Board of Education was actually intended to make sure that this was a deliberative process driven by research and experts and actually done um, systemically in a way that was grounded in evidence. That clearly didn't happen after I, I left the Board of Education. What the fuck? Oh yeah, no, I, after I left, you know, things changed, man. I, I did it, we did it the right way. Evidence-based. Since I since I've left, you know, things have gone off the rails. So that's why I support the recall. The entire committee that was set up, the entire process that they went through um, was not evidence based. And they should never have been focusing on that in the way that they did during the pandemic, to say the least. 
I bring up the renaming because it's one yeah. one of you know several issues that um, um, played into this recall yeah. effort. Do you support the recall of those three members? I did not support putting the recall on the ballot. Uh, now that it is on the ballot, um, I will vote yes on uh, Allison Collins' recall because I think her behavior uh, reaches that level. Uh, not only the, the really awful racist statements that she made, but a lack of a real apology uh, to the Asian community. Um, and then to turn around and sue your own school district and your colleagues for $87 million as a part of the governing board of that district that is financially strapped and you think that you should take $87 million out of the pockets of students and educators and put it in your own pocket, I think rises to that level of somebody who, who should not continue to serve. And, uh, and on the other two, I, I, I won't support the recall, but I, I do think that uh, we have an important conversation in November about who should be leading the school district moving forward. Do you support uh, stricter state oversight of the school districts? I think that the state uh, does have the whole budget. If the school district is doesn't have an adequate level of financial, you know, um, cushion or, or reserves, that they they will intervene and have some some level of uh, either support and oversight, and that's happening right now in, in USD, and I think that's appropriate. So yes, they need to make tough choices around the finances, but uh, austerity in our schools, meaning we slash staff, we slash the limited resources that they have, is something I would absolutely fight against if I'm sent to Sacramento and I would work to get them the resources they need. Yeah, it's like the, the, st <laughs> the state only has you know, authority over the budget or the, the budget allocation for your school district. So they don't really have a whole lot of power <laughs> say in this conversation. I'm going to be pretty um, straight up and say, I don't trust that guy. Yeah. I can't say that I haven't known him for a while. And then I didn't want to count him as a acquaintance, if not a uh, friendly face. Um, but yeah, it, he's definitely become a, a politician. Um, I knew him before he was a politician. So I guess I'm a little biased, but yeah, no, he's very much a politician now and he's very much trying to, gain higher office and um, trying to do so as a white man, which can be actually a little difficult in the, <laughs> in the progressive Bay Area these days um, and the diverse Bay Area that we have these days. So he's, he's doing his best, I think, to, or what he thinks is his best to, you know, uh, move his, his needle forward or move his ball down the field. Um, but yeah, very, very much a politician. He makes a, you know, interesting case against Ms. Collins. I think we've, we covered her in the past. I still don't, I believe the recall is the way around this. I think it's just the election is coming up and the voters can make a choice about who they want to, you know, have leading the school district, like he said. So I think it's a waste of time and resources in general, recalls, period, unless there's some sort of absolute illegality or, or crime happening um, or crimes. Well, so. I mean, to be fair, if the school board member gets like arrested, they can't very well serve on the school board. So I don't even think you should have to recall them at that. You know what I mean? Like if they're sure. like sentenced to something and they're going to be in jail for a uh, prison for a couple of years, maybe yeah. you go, oh, well, we're going to need to replace you anyway. <laughs> like there's yeah. no recall necessary there. Some form, yeah, some form of technicality or something. Maybe there's some some way that that could happen. Right. And then but they still are on the board and you have to figure out a way to like the board can't vote them off or something. I don't know off the island <laughs> um so yeah it would it would take some extreme circumstances i just don't see why the option exists in the first place it's basically like saying oh well we fucked up well yeah we fucked up i mean can we could we recall trump that would have been great i think a lot of us would have recalled him i think it would have happened frankly if we were we had the power to recall the president that would have happened in 2017 <laughs> more than likely so i just yeah I, I don't understand um 
the waste and and the the time and all the energy we're spending when people could be spending it having a positive campaign about okay i'm going to run for school board and this is why i would do something different than these people not these people don't know what they're doing but i know best so anyway we shall see again that comes up in february the 15th is the election so stay tuned we're less than a month away we're almost a month away um and then uh also on down ballot watch um this is a proving that we do follow up on stories other than millennium tower um but san, Fran- san francisco has had a lot of problems lately and one of them was a uh, obviously a recent scandal in the public works department with uh, people skimming off the top and here's just a quick hit on a development in that story another big story in san francisco tonight it's official a plea deal in that widespread public corruption scandal that we've been following and reporting on for the last couple of years prosecutors say the lead figure you see him here mohammed nuru pleaded guilty today to a federal fraud charge. Nuru is the former head of San Francisco's Public Works Department. Prosecutors say he admitted to a staggering amount of corruption that includes getting thousands of dollars in cash, travel, and other perks. It was all in exchange for inside information on city contracts and city bidding. A sentence hearing is scheduled for May. Thousands of dollars thousands of dollars yeah it, it's interesting what qualifies as a major corruption scandal these days but um <laughs> uh more heads will surely fall there but uh they, they've been dealing with that one for a while but i think uh really getting the poof off the streets and then figuring out what to do with all the junkies in the tenderloin obviously are taking priority right now at the city so i don't know how how far they'll get in terms of weeding out corruption anytime soon um, and it seems like the supervisors and the mayor are all more concerned about what happens on the school board than anything else, even though they have no no purview there at all. Um, anyway, uh, but uh, coming up soon, I just want to give a quick plug for next week's uh, episode of Down Ballot. Sounds like we're going to take a trip up to old Shasta County, Producer Dave. Oh, yeah. It's uh, <clears throat> it's getting fun up there. It's, uh, pe- you know. A media wench knows some people up there, and I've ended up getting to know some of the people up there. And we're going to take a trip up to Shasta County. They're having all kind of problem with their board of supervisors. They just elected a new head of the board of supervisors, and though <clears throat> the meeting on the fourth went a little potato, and there's going to be a meeting on the um, what'll that be? The eighteenth, I think that's the right date. It'll be the eighteenth, and that's going to also go a bit potato and we're going to like go over some of the stuff around that and check out some uh, local news stories from up there next week. <clears throat> the media lunch will be up there in person uh, to attend oh, the board of supervisors meeting. Is she going to speak? Are we going to get her in the public comments? Can we, we like, may can we very, we may very well get her in the public comments. You list. Well, um, that's going to be just glorious. So be sure to tune in next week at seven thirty PM Pacific for our, Sojourn up to Shasta County. I don't know why I'm dropping a Southern accent. It just seems appropriate <laughs> for Shasta County. Um, and by the way, speaking of meetings going potato right now, the, the good wife is actually text live texting me from San Jose city council where they're considering some, uh, charter review amendments, um, and, uh, whether or not to let, um, undocumented residents vote in municipal elections. And needless to say, we're, we're finding out which council members are racist. Oh no! Um, and get and and news and update. You know, hint hint. More than one. <laughs> um, so we should we shall learn more about that um, in the coming weeks, and I'm sure we can we can uh, pull up some commentary from the meeting at a future on a future down ballot. Uh, anyway, um, well, another thing before we go, um, 
unfortunately this this is a sadder story uh we typically try to feature more of the animal kingdom on another thing just to as an uplifting kind of thing but this 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 one's unfortunately a sad one and we want to just point this out because um it uh it's just awful what some people are doing out there so if, if you see kids or anyone else fucking around um don't let them pull shit like this a hawk in the santa cruz mountains had to be put down after wildlife officials found it shot by an arrow we want to warn viewers, you may find these pictures disturbing. If you take a look at this photo, you can see the hawk standing in the middle of the street with an arrow going through its leg. This happened near the Felton area. Wildlife officials say the wound was infected and beyond treatment, so the hawk had to be euthanized. Fish and Game has been alerted about this case. Great, thanks for making everybody cry, Councilman. I know, man, I'm sorry. We should like quickly find some sort of happy or maybe a happy song do you have a happy song we can play to, i mean i have to... a good song we can play and i think uh in the break between this and local love i'll go ahead and check out the uh the current current goings on uh the oh, evening it's live yeah it's live on the youtubes so um yeah, yeah. it's popping off apparently that's pretty spicy oh maya spark council member sparza is speaking yeah so uh, it's getting pretty spicy so that was the podcast you want to read us out councilman yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. As always, be sure to check out um, this show, Down Ballot Live, at 7.30 Pacific, every Tuesday night, and also in podcast form, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Down Ballot or Equiplex Media. You are sure to find us. We absolutely encourage you to stick around tonight for local love, uh, local music scene, local music, local chatter, and all sorts of hijinks. Um, you absolutely uh, will not be disappointed if you t if you tune in, so stick around for that. And uh, yeah, obviously tune in for all of the other wonderful streams. Um, Producer Dave, if you have any others you want to plug for this week, anything, anything special happening? Any Catterday action? Yeah, this Catterday, it's back. Uh, there was a couple weeks off of Catterday as we usually had it. But yeah, this Catterday, we'll be just keep, be kind of doing an open panel for uh, other streamers. Anybody with a proper mic and webcams, welcome to jump on. And that, that includes members of this organization, obviously. Um, yeah. And and we just kind of watch whatever video we're trying to watch. And if somebody shit's too noisy and it makes the video duck a bunch, we just kick them off the panel. It's like fucking, it's like survival of the quietest. <laughs> nice. nice. Well, be sure to tune in. Um, and uh, closing us out tonight, we're going to have a little audible smoke. So I hope everyone takes it easy. Stay masked, get vaxxed, and pants are optional. <laughs> My phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing We now get the fuck up on stage and like the scene and what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. 
turning, head back to the bar For a refill, man, because you know where we are We're headed out to the car To smoke another one, and another one Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing, and you know it's time to head in Alright everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it, and then pass it to me, yeah We do what we want and what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want What we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Enjoy that band Last up on the field for the show tonight It's down and dirty in five So we're headed outside To spark up another joint Now who's got my light? A stoner E, of course Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch being who I gotta be I'm fucked up like the US economy The truth is is that I don't think logically Stone the E take you on a psychedelic odyssey Now inside motherfuckers is rocking me And outside shit we smoke a lot of rockin' Rockin' the rolly you the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck but I'll probably do a sloppily We do what we want and what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Sit back.